Thank you for listening to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast, located here in Pasco, Washington, where lives are still being changed for Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoy it. Mr. Kimball. So this man was a Sunday school teacher. So in 1858, uh, he led uh, a Boston shoe clerk, the men to Christ. And so this uh, Boston shoe clerk was uh, Moody, L. Moody. And so he later became an evangelist in England in 1879. And so he... His uh, evangelism was was known, amen, for for waking up uh, the hearts of people, amen, in England. And so he later ended up uh, touching another man named Frederick B. Meyer. And so a pastor of a small church. And so F.B. Meyer preaching on an American college campus brought to Christ a student named uh, J. Uh, Wilburn uh, Chapman. And so Chapman engaged in YMCA work, employed a former baseball player named Billy Sunday to do evangelistic work. And so the list goes on and on, amen, of men that were influenced by the gospel by somebody else. And so Mr. Kimball, amen, a Sunday school teacher, bore fruit in uh, Ellie Moody. El Moody, sorry. And from there, the list goes on for powerful men of God. Imagine that. Mr. Kimball uh, sowed into a, a man a fruitful heart. And then that person sowed into another heart. There are fruitful hearts in our land that God would like to show, amen, for us to sow in. Praise God. And who knows who we can sow into? Who knows who we can impact? Amen. And so let us read our scripture this evening, Numbers 13, 23 through 33. And they came to the valley of Eskol and cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. And they carried it on a pole uh, between two of them. And they also brought uh, some pomegranates and some figs. That place was called the Valley Eskol. Because of the clusters that the people of Israel cut down from there. It goes on to say, At the end of the forty days they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people in Israel in the, in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and, it's, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of uh, Achan there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negeb. The Hittites and the uh, Jezebites and the Amorites dwell in the hill countries. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go at once and occupy it, for we are well and able to overcome it. Then the men 
who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are great of heights, or giants. Other translations. And there we saw the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Numbers uh, 14, 1 through 10. Then all the congregation uh, raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we have died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives, our little ones, will become prey. Uh, would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader to go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly, the congregation of the people of Israel. And then Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Joel, I don't know, who were among those, amen, had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and said to the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through uh, to spy it out is exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, we will, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. And only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. Let's pray. God, we pray this evening, Lord God, that you would give us, Lord God, the fruit of the land that we reside in. We ask you to move, my God. We trust in you this evening, Lord God, that you're more enabled, Lord God, to give us, Lord God, the fruit of these lands, Lord God, as we work for them, Lord God, as we till the ground. We thank you. We ask you, Lord God, to get involved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so let's take a look firstly at the fruit of the land. So God gave the people of Israel a promise. He told them that the land... I will show you, you shall possess. And so God is always good on his promises. He's not like our Thea, amen, that, that, we, that she borrows $500 from us and never pays us back, amen, or other people, amen, that we loan money to. They're like, no, I promise you. I promise you when, when you're giving them the money or before you give them the money. But how many of us know sometimes they don't pay you back? God's not like that, amen. Every promise that God gives us, amen, he's good on that promise. And so God has given us dominion, amen, to take over this land. If we choose, we can possess the lands, amen, not just this land, amen, but other lands of the earth. People will be sent out from here. Men and women will be sent out from here. 
and they'll be sent to another land, maybe here in the United States of America, or maybe over, overseas, amen. And we believe God that he's going to give us those lands also. And so God sends men to spy out the land they were to possess. And so the, the men come back with a token so the people can see how fruitful the land is. And so they bring back a single cluster of grape. The two men must carry on the pole. And they also brought back some pomegranates and figs. And so the land you and I are in, this land is fruitful. God gave me a promise many years ago. And that I will one day go out and pastor. And that he was going to bring fruit, amen. Not by my might, but by his. And I believe that. There are people that God wants to save in these cities. People that we don't even know yet. People that we haven't even come in contact to yet. And I want to say that this land is fruitful. You can put the first picture up, Jerry. This is uh, one of the the clusters here in uh, around the Tri-Cities. Amen. And so th this is a cluster that's here. And uh, if you roll next to the next one. And so that's a cluster, one single cluster in Israel. And so... How many of us know that God said that his land will be fruitful? You look, you look at the cluster from here and you look at the cluster from there. And you see what God spoke on the land. Not just in, in, the, in the physical, but in the spiritual. And go to the next picture. And that's another cluster. One cluster. And so I don't know if you can see, but there's a pole up there. And it's hanging on, that cluster is hanging on that pole. Imagine, amen, you coming out of the promised land after going and spying on it. You and another man or you and another woman walking out of there with that. And so this is what God told the people of Israel. He said there's fruit there. But amen, you have to possess it. And so to this day, amen, this is what's found in there, in Israel. And so God gave them a picture of the fruit of the land and how fruitful it was that they were to possess. And so God has given you and I, amen, to tokens also, fruits that we can lay our eyes upon, like Jerry's family. We got Mercedes, we got Bianca, man, Adriana, we got Christian's family. We've seen people come in here, myself, my wife, my children. We're all, we're all fruit, amen, of what God has done in our lives. You and I, amen, it's a miracle that you and I are standing here. Because we're from all different walks of life. There was uh, some people that I grew up with in Houston. 
they were gangsters. I mean, this guy, like I said, wanted to beat me up when I first got saved. I wasn't used to hanging out with people like that. But God gave us the fruit. Amen. Caleb said we must go at once. He said we will be able to overcome them. And we have to believe this, that, that we will be able to overcome the enemies, amen, of, of the people, amen, in this city. We have overcome our own, amen. But how many of us know they're going to come in here with baggage? And they're not going to be able to fight on their own. And so if we are willing to believe, amen, for this land, God will give it to us. But the question is, are we willing to believe? We need to go with an intent that we're going to win souls. We need to go with a mindset that we're going to, you know, we're going to take this land. And I want to say that God will give it, he will give us the fruit of this land. All we have to do is believe. Not just believe, but work for it too. I want to take a look at, secondly, at the report. And so most of the spies that went out to look throughout the land came back with a bad report. They came back speaking against Moses. They came back speaking against what God had spoken to them. They didn't believe what God had, had said to them, that they would possess this land. And so the people saw the difficulties that stood before them. And so they, they looked at themselves and they said, we are like grasshoppers. They looked at the people of the land, there were giants. They were there in that, in that land. And so they looked at what they saw. They said, these giants we cannot defeat. This is more than they, we can handle. God, take us out of this. Send us back. We can't handle this. We can't keep moving forward. And so God was angry with his people because he had delivered them from Egypt with mighty signs and wonders. There was plagues that God had brought upon Egypt to let Pharaoh know, to let my people go. He even took the lives, amen, of the firstborn of Pharaoh. He said, let them go. And finally, Pharaoh lets them go. And then he comes after them and starts chasing them. And then they see the miracle. Well, before that, they, they saw God guiding them through the desert, through the wilderness. A cloud by day and a pillar by a fire by night. They saw this. God was with them. He was, he was guiding them the whole time. But even through... After all that, that God did for them, they still refused to believe him. They still refused to believe his word and what God was proclaiming upon their lives. And so we refuse to believe God when obstacles come before the, us, that we will uh, not deliver these cities or he will not deliver these cities into our hands. Because how many of us know that we have to have faith? And so sometimes our circumstances are going to look bigger than they, what they really are. One thing that, that amazed me about the, the pastor I was under, Pastor Larry Vaz, 
is whatever circumstances came upon his life or whatever setbacks came upon his ministry, he just kept going. Kept going and kept going. And I'm amazed, amen, about how this man, you know, handled his ministry. How he handled the church. Amen. And he had focus. He kept his eyes upon the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And so many people, amen, give up before they even enter the battle. This is what the people of Israel did. They gave up. They looked upon the giants. They looked upon the obstacles that were before him and they gave up. They, they, didn't even, they weren't even willing to try because of what they were seeing. And so when we go on the outreach, amen, people are going to be, people sometimes are responsive. But sometimes they don't come out to our church. So people get discouraged. And a lot of times we don't say it in the physical, but we show it. In the lack of disinterest in, in the things of God. Amen. I've gone through this in my own walk with God. I'm like, God, you know, you've promised this, but it hasn't happened. I, I haven't seen it. We've seen uh, spurts, amen, of revival. But we haven't seen everything that we want to see. And so sometimes we can, we can uh, draw back because we want God to do something and, and because we're pushing forward and God doesn't do it. We get discouraged. And I believe the enemy, that's what he wants us to do sometimes, is, is let back. Amen. From us trying. Or stop investing. Amen. And so will we doubt because of the difficulties that are set before us, that we see, amen, before our eyes. I need you to realize that we're in a spiritual battle. See, when we're out there, we're moving for God. The devil or the enemy's counteracting us. There was a man that called me a couple weeks ago. He was excited to come to church. His sister even called me. I called him, left messages, texted him, no reply back. It's because the devil counteracted. Amen. And the hearts, you know, sometimes they can't, you know, go, they can't handle this, this spiritual battle. They can't go on, amen, to make themselves want to, you know, come to church sometimes. They don't see it. They don't, they don't see this, the, you know, uh, the spiritual battle that's going on a lot of times. Or they haven't, amen, made an effort. Amen. To to uh, grab grab their shield. Amen. The the spiritual um, armor of of warfare, and so sometimes they can't fight on their own. Um, I remember uh, when my brother David, my brother-in-law David, came to came to church, and there was there was so so much drama when he came in. I mentioned to you that one time he tried to walk out into the street and get hit by a car. Uh, our brother Brian, he's he's trying to 
rebuke a, a spirit out of him, and he just laughs at Brian and spits all over him. And I'm standing there, I'm like, wow. And there was a lot of difficulty, amen, but I saw the spiritual battle in, in David's life. And I said before, sometimes, you know, almost getting kicked out of the church because of the, some, some of the things he did. But I saw the spiritual battle firsthand. That was manifested in him. But there's, there's sometimes people will come in and they'll seem normal. But I'm telling you, they're, they're going through something. You see them, they'll, they'll come. They'll want to accept Jesus into their life. They'll come to an altar. They'll cry. And they'll leave and you'll never hear from them again. It's because they're in that spiritual battle. My wife didn't think David would make it sometimes. It was like back and forth with him. A lot of times. He would come. He would not come. He would uh, do crazy stuff. But I remember Brian had spoken a word over him. He had told my wife that uh, he was going to get saved. And he was going to live for God. And even, you know... I would see my wife cry for her brother. She would cry out to God. Amen. But I want to say that that word was spoken over his life. And it came to pass. As we believed for him. Amen. We need to give, amen, people a helping hand. Be a mentor toward the, uh, with them, towards them. Amen. We gave uh, David counseling. Remember a lot of times he would call me up, ask me for counsel, I would give it to him. And uh, I just, I remember he, he, would, uh, he would start up with his evolution mess. And I, I, would, I would counter him every time. And I, I, I didn't accept that. And I believe that's why God was able to, to help him. And his parents, you know, when, when uh, as he's growing up or he's in the house, his mom would tell him um, because he was he was he was gay. His mom would tell him, "You're not gay." She's like, "I had when I when I gave birth to you, I had a boy," and she ingrained that in him. And so there was something in him that when he came to the church, he he was fighting. He was actually looking for God. Amen. There was there was a war happening within him. Amen. And as we pressed, as we believed God for David, David got delivered. Amen. God did the work of deliverance. We helped him along, but I want to say it was God that delivered him. It was God that touched him. It was God that did the miracle. And some, that's, some, uh, that's something that people need, amen, is they, they need a helping hand. Amen. Deuteronomy 5, 6 says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. From the house of bondage. Amen. How many of us know that people are in bondage. And God wants to bring them out of bondage. Praise God. I'm going to take a look at lastly. They are bread for us. So as we are beating to engage the enemies of our souls. For our city. God is going to remove. Amen. The enemy's protection. And so he's going to give us victory 
in our cities. How many of us know that we need to gain, amen, dominion? We need to gain, amen, ground in our cities. And as we press forward the, amen, the protection is slowly but surely removed, amen. And God will give us victory. Deut Deuteronomy 31.3 says, The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall um, dispossess them. And Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has uh, spoken. Amen. And so I want to say this evening that the Lord has spoken. Amen. And we're going to dispossess, amen, the, the people, amen, the spirits, amen, that rule over this land. And even in the wilderness, God moved for his people the whole time. Like I said, think about this. The wilderness is a picture of a dry place. And God's guiding them the whole way through the, the, uh, the pillar of cloud, amen, and the fire by night. And so God is guiding his people throughout the whole time. And sometimes it might not seem, amen, like God is guiding us. Because just like the people of Israel, they were going through a wilderness. And sometimes we feel like we're going through a wilderness. But let me tell you that God is guiding us. Amen. God is moving before us. And I want to say that he's preparing hearts in this city. Like I said earlier, that God does not slumber. Nor does he sleep. He's preparing. And so as we conquer the land for God's kingdom, let me say that the enemy is going to be bread for us. They're for us to feed on. Amen. The experiences, every experience, every battle that we go through, we're going against the enemy, but they're for us to feed on. Every victory, amen, it's for us to feed on. There'll be stepping stones for future triumphs. A lot of times I, I look back, you know, and just I look back at the church when there was just a, a handful of us there. And then I see the church to where, where it is now. And I say, God, those, amen, were stepping stones. There were, there were stages in my walk with God, amen, that, that every, every moment was was for my, uh, amen, for my nourishment, even in the other people in the church. And so the great deliverance God brought in his people he, out of Egypt was so, was so it would propel them towards the promised land. But so many times, amen, they didn't see it or believe it. And so when we gain experience in the battlefield, then we will be equipped to win more people to Christ or win more battles, amen, to keep going and keep conquering. So, but are we going to gain, amen, from those experiences and continue to engage, amen, so the souls of these cities can be uh, loosened by the enemy, Praise God. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. It says, And when Jesus went through the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues 
and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were uh, harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord for the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Amen. And sometimes, how many of us know that, that the, the harvesters that are supposed to go out there, amen, and labor in the fields, sometimes they get discouraged. Just like our scripture, you know, they said, no, we can't do this. A lot of people say, no, we can't do this. But Jesus Christ, you know, he weeps over the people. He sees what's going on. He sees the destruction of people's lives. And so he has a few that he can work with. And so he works with those few and he commissions them. Matthew 10, 1 says, and he called to him his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast out, cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Amen. Jesus extends his ministry beyond himself by commissioning others and giving them his authority. And I want to say this evening that God has commissioned you and I. If you're a believer in this place, it doesn't matter if you're called to preach or not. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor's wife or not. This is our commission. Amen. This, is, this should be our duty. This should be our call in our lives as believers. Amen. And I want to say that God has given us the authority. God gave the people of Israel the command to go in there and take, take the land. But they, they didn't believe it. Only two believed it. And so those were the ones that were able to enter in and see all that God, amen, wanted to do. All the rest of them died, died in the wilderness because they were unwilling to believe God. And so Jesus, amen, wants to keep extending his ministry. And I want to keep extending his ministry beyond myself. And this should be our heart. Can I have every head bowed and every eye closed? You've just listened to the Potter's House Tri-Cities Podcast located here in Pasco, Washington. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you come back for more.